And the main thing is, look, decide if you want it or not. Maybe you don't want it. That's fine. Schlep it out at your job for the next 20 years. And if you're lucky, when you're 67 or whatever, you could retire. Maybe maybe afford a coffee, maybe not. Um, have a happy life. Did you know that most starting podcasters never make it past episode seven? So congratulations to me, podcast junkies, episode number eight. Okay, I think that you're definitely <laughs> going to have an opinion on this episode. James Shramko out of Australia is, in my mind, a, a pretty smart uh, businessman. He's built up a seven-figure business with Superfast Business, and uh, I'm involved in his uh, mastermind, and I was really inspired by all the things that he's doing with his website, with his multiple podcasts, with uh, his live conference, and he's just firing on all cylinders, which is an apropos uh, metaphor, given that he used to be uh, a salesperson at Mercedes-Benz. So along the way, in his entrepreneurial journey, he's learned a ton from some of the internet's uh, best marketers, and he's just now applied his own style to it um, and come up with, an, with a, um, a delivery that is at times controversial, but um, never has any shortage of an opinion on the current state of um, affairs uh, on the internet marketing, podcasting, blogging, uh, information, content, delivery, call it what you will, world. So I think uh, you're going to love him or hate him, but um, you'll definitely be entertained. Uh, before I forget, one little production note. Uh, you may notice that my voice is a little uh, lower than normal, this being a call uh, from New York to Australia. The best time I could find ended up being 2.30 in the morning for me, so just trying to be uh, respectful of the, uh, my wife sleeping. Um, I toned it down a bit, so hopefully it doesn't uh, come across too strange. Uh, James is, I think he said he was coming back from his uh, his surf, and I'm meanwhile in an apartment in New York City um, at 2.30 in the morning. So uh, I don't think the disparity is too big of an issue, and uh, I think it's the content that matters, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Enjoy. James, thanks for coming on Podcast Junkies. Um, I, I know it's been a bit of a challenge with the uh, the time change. <laughs> well, only for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a reasonable hour of the day here. Yeah, I'd hate to think what time it is. It there. is quarter to two in the morning. Right, so this is at your peak, yes. your absolute best. It depends. Some people, I think I, I heard that uh, Pat Flynn likes to work late at night as well, so... Pat Flynn likes to work full stop, <laughs> and uh, I don't like to work as much as Pat Flynn. He has to work very hard for that passive income. He said so on my um, podcast. That was a him. good interview. Yeah. You like well, I like to dig behind the reality of, you know, guys like that have huge followings, but partially they lead people off a cliff. I mean, they 
promise that they'll never sell anything. So they kind of box themselves into a corner. And it's fascinating to me how he could have such a huge following and still not be a millionaire. And I think, what's the point? He must love hard work <laughs> or he's, um, he's got a huge responsibility, I think, to the public yeah. to give good information and it's interesting to watch as an outsider, someone coming from an actual business experience, watching these guys sort of fumble through the dark. But a lot of the consumers are even less knowledgeable than them, so they don't realize what's happening. Yeah, like I, I guess it's something that'll be interesting to watch over time. If I think when they have conversations with folks like you who've been who've been doing this for a while, and not only been doing it from an internet business standpoint, but just. Um, you know, you, you talk about your, your, your experience with Mercedes Benz as well, right? You, you, there were things that you were learning while you were doing that that, that helped, that, that you carried over uh, when you started your internet business. Yeah, the, the, the problem for some of them, though, is that they get such um, positioning and fame that it's hard for them to accept information that might help them. For example, um, like with John Lee Dumas, I said recurring would be a better focus than lifetime memberships. But he doesn't rate recurring like I rate it. Um, but recurring is what allows me to cut down my hours per week, to have a really solid customer base, to be dealing with the same people over and over again, to sell once and get paid over and over again. Uh, so like more than 90% of my income is stuff that is just rebilling from something that was sold in the past. So I'm a big fan of recurring income and I've learned that from some of the masters that came before me. Um, but once you have success or a taste of success with a different model, it's very hard to change strategies. So they, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard to admit when you're famous, it's hard to admit you don't know everything yet. Yeah, that has to come with time, right? Time, time is, a, is a harsh teacher. <laughs> it's gonna, it'll be interesting to have a look in five years' time from now and just to see what has happened in that, that time. And, and I'm not saying that everything that I'm saying is right, but I'm saying there's always different strategies you could take. And I think it, it interests me a lot how there's not really a direct correlation between um, fame and um, followership in the podcasting space to, um, you know, accuracy or, or strategic validation. I think there's a lot of causation and correlation errors. Someone could have a big hit uh, and everyone will say, oh, it's because of podcasting or whatever. But it might be something completely different like working 100 hours a week <laughs> or having, um, having a, you know, a, few, a few good strategies that, or sorry, some tactics that pay off well. But like in most markets, there's only space for one or two people to do something at the top end of town and then the rest of the people have to compete for scraps. So um, being innovative is is a good idea, but also looking at lessons from the past, combining them. So when was it that the recurring idea to you as something that was uh, something that you thought was important for you to focus on, um, where, when, when that come, you know, top of mind for you? One of my early products that I was promoting as an affiliate was a one-time commission and it was for software for websites and it was good and I, I got it up to a really good level, I guess I had a similar experience where I was making good monthly income, but every month I had to go and work hard for the next sale. And to supplement that, I thought, you know what, I'll do some affiliate promotions of uh, 
a forum or a recurring community. And suddenly the commission started to compound much faster. And it was like 10 times easier. And eventually I switched, I vertically integrated from promoting someone else's community to building my own community. And that's when I got this wall of recurring income and, you know, tens of thousands a month instead of 5,000 a month or 10,000 a month. It just made such a difference. So now uh, when I went to services, we started um, ticking the, you know, offering people one time or recurring. And a lot of people wanted the convenience and the ease of just having it fulfilled over and over again. So I guess it was a gradual rollout. But it's, it's become a, really the, one of the core filters that I look at if I'm going to start anything. Even my live events, probably 50% or more of the people coming to those have come to one in the past. So there's a, a big um, repeat attendance. So most things I do focus on dealing with the same people and continuing to be able to solve their problems in the future. Yeah, because I've, what I've noticed about you is that you're – really particular about um, segmenting yeah you have to segment and, and that's about relevance and relevance pays big dividends in every area of business because you have you reduce the waste on trying to reach your customers if you know who your customer is and if you're relevant to them um, so there's no point marketing to people that you're not relevant to you also um it's much easier for people to know that you're the right person when you're having the exact conversation that they need to be having at the exact time to you know to the right people yeah. so it's it's actually easier for everyone it's cheaper and um it's it's like your conversion rates go through the roof your marketing acquisition cost is much smaller per customer because you're really just targeting with a laser scope it's like fly fishing with the exact right fly and only attracting the fish and, and not the, the, the pair of used boots in the river and stuff. Like just getting what you want and nothing else. Yeah, it's almost to the point where you're fly fishing in the right river when like they're spawning at the right time and you've got the right time of day. Like you've got it like narrowed down so far, e- even to that exact of a science. Yeah, and, and the great thing about online is you get the feedback that you need to, to be able to do that. You can really zero in on your customer. And once you have a customer, if you can find out a little more about them and also I use a lot of behavioral uh, activations in my automation. So when people do things, that will change the way that I communicate with them. So I might communicate with them weekly or I might communicate with them daily. I might uh, send them things that are on a particular topic based on what they've visited before. Uh, I might actually remind them if they go to a checkout page but they forget to buy and um, send them a follow-up with a convenient link to where they were last in my shopping cart. And these things add a huge amount of profit to the bottom line for, for no actual manual labor. They're, they're all automatable. It's, yeah, and it speaks to psychological behavior, right? Because when you first think about, like, it's like walking into a store, you think about maybe picking up the shirt, you look at it, you look at the price, and you're like, well, maybe not now. But you're able to do that in, 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 in the online um, experience where you're saying you know that some people they, they virtually went in they touched the fabric and they're, they're close but they're they still need a bit more convincing so you just follow them around a bit on the web with some retargeting yeah you can do these things and um sometimes you're helping people because they might be distracted or they might have forgotten what they're up to and um 
you know, they're not going to buy if they absolutely hate you or, or they don't want it, uh, but quite often a little prompt. I mean, when I go and visit Amazon and I look at audio equipment, then uh, a week or so later I'll get an email with a link to the, you know, were you, were you interested in a, a Rode uh, NTG3 microphone? You know, were you still interested? I'm like, oh, yeah, I was looking at that stuff. Usually I'm just having a look to show someone the right product to buy and I might already have it. But, you know, they're sending it to me. I might catch something in that page that, that I didn't know about, like a, an accessory that goes with the microphone that I already own. So it's very clever marketing. And you can do this um, using relatively off-the-shelf, low-cost software solutions. I think, um, obviously, as marketers, you tend to be more aware of that stuff. Um, I think when it initially happens, it sort of gets a little creepy because I remember the first couple of times I was like, this is strange because you knew in your mind that you were, you were on that site and then you see the ad show up on the right-hand side and you're like, oh, wow. Um, and it's funny sometimes, like if my wife uses my account and she's looking at yoga pants, you know, so like a week later I get ads for yoga pants and I'm like, uh, oh, that was because she was on my account and she was like looking, looking at my Amazon account or something like that. So I think uh, it, it's weird when it first happens and then you, you tend to see the beauty of it and it tends to be something almost like minority report when the billboard is following Tom Cruise around the shopping mall well you know these things are coming whether whether you like it or not and and maybe it's better to be looking at something relevant than something completely of no interest to you whatsoever so you started so uh, uh what you're doing on super fast business with the podcasts is really interesting because when i first came across your podcast i i thought for, a while, for when i first heard them i thought there may have been a problem with my player because i was looking at the duration of some of them and i'm like some of these are two minutes <laughs> some of these are five minutes you know and then you get the typical yeah. episodes and then i started to figure out you know what you were doing was basically just saying hey this is like um i think it hadn't started to happen later when you just realized hey it's a day in a life and you were taking moments uh, that happened were occurring naturally to you and you were just putting them in the business context which i thought was pretty cool yeah i mean i heard on a recent um podcast uh, of um john lee dumas talking about being stuck in the traffic and running out of podcasts and deciding that he would do a daily podcast and he asked everyone he knew and everyone said it can't be done and it's never been done but i was doing this a full year and a half before he thought that uh, pretty much daily podcasting so he didn't actually invent it and i'm not saying that i did but i did recognize that people have um the ability to consume more information than than what most marketers think. And I learned that from sending out emails most days. And also, I respect people's time. I don't want to be sending them to very, very long content because I know that they can't really get through 50 minutes a day. You know, the, the amount of people in that scenario are limited and you're actually burdening them by adding more things for them to do and, and overwhelming them. So, I decided on a short format for my updates and more or less the ones you're talking about were transcriptions from videos. And it draws a lot of people back to the site to see the video, to find out what's going on. But interestingly, I had a lot more audio downloads than video watches. When I, had, when I have them both, I'll always get more audios. So people are subscribing on their device and they're able to, to get updated that there's a new episode without me having to push an email out. It just gets sent to the device. So it's very important to recognize the iTunes ecosystem or the Stitcher or the Podcatcher ecosystem. is uh, It's like a recurring content delivery 
machine. So it's very important to recognize that. Secondly, uh, do feature length interviews with other people that go for much longer and that's a different format. And then separately to that, I have several podcast shows with co-hosts in different formats. I'm up to, I think, three other ones now that um, have their own fan base and that are segmented differently and have a really sticky audience and high open rates to emails when we, when we update the episodes. And in some cases, they even sell retreats and things. Yeah, I definitely want to dig into the other the other couple because you you you're definitely high. It seems you seem to be pretty high on podcasts right now. The reason I'm high on podcasts is all my best customers come from podcasts, and you build a relationship when someone can see you and hear you, they get to know you, and it's much like a TV show. The other thing is you can publish your own stuff at the same level that a radio studio might have been doing it, um, but but you can just take it on now at home with minimal equipment or even on the road with minimal equipment. Uh, also, I much prefer to talk than to write. I don't write anything. Yeah. If I'm writing, it's me dictating uh, or someone transcribing something that I've talked to uh, you know, on a podcast or a video. So it's my preferred medium. It brings me the best customers. I enjoy it. It's the thing that I would rather do if I could only do one thing. So I've actually built my business around enabling me just to do that most of the time. And all the other stuff is a, a minimal effort. I thought it was funny when you were interviewing Chris Tucker and he was tell, uh, telling you how much time it took him to write that book. I think he said it was like uh, 62,000 words or something <laughs> like that. And you said, yeah, I've got a course I'm putting together. Um, and the great thing is I didn't, I didn't type any of it. <laughs> yeah, so for my book, I've, it's, it's completed without me having to type a single word. And I, I know that um, part of the time someone's going to listen to me and think that I'm a smart ass. But what I like to do is I like to point out to people the bits they're missing. It's one of my skills is to see what they don't see. And I love to show them a different way and for them to react and to think about it. And partially, I do it in a controversial way to get attention so that people react to it and, and even sometimes argue with me. And I really get to put my point across about it. And that's why I have a lot of fun on my podcasts. I want to go where no one else will go. I want to ask questions that people are too scared to ask. And I want to I confront the elephant in the room. And that's why, you know, I'll take on the most famous or or um, stratospheric people and I'll still have fun with their business model or point things out to them that, that you know, they're not telling their audience and it's fun to see how they react to it. Yeah, I think they like, I mean, if, if they're genuine, I think they appreciate the fact that you, you are. Oh, some of them are <laughs> super appreciative and, um, and thankful and humble. Other ones are extremely resistant and egotistical and, um, and pride-filled and that's why I think it's going to be fascinating to see where we are in five years from now or, or 10 years from now. Let's see what the landscape looks like. It should be really interesting. You know, it's so funny. I just thought about that comment you made um, and the fact that everyone's putting out these podcasts. They're all like, you know, they try to make them like half an hour long, 30 minutes long. But something I, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and he, he's go three hours. And he said, yeah, he has very and, long. And podcasts. he said, you know, he goes, you can get someone in this room. And if you give them in, you know, you put them on this 15 minutes or these like news shows that, you know, you get these, these two minute sound bites. But if you put someone in a room with me for three hours, I'll tell you whether or not that's a genuine person because you can't bullshit me for three hours. You might be able to pull it off for half an hour, you know, 45 minutes, an hour even. 
But after three hours, I, I, I got a pretty good idea what you're like, whether you're, you're the real deal or whether you're just blowing smoke up my ass. So I thought that was interesting because, I mean, that that's kind of why I, I, I like the long form. I, I'm really not trying, I'm just trying to have conversations with people. But it's true. The more you talk to people, you get a feel for who they are. It's kind of like a job interview technique is to wear people down and have them back um, a couple of times and also have them in a social situation. You see a very different side of someone. And a good employee can bluff you for a few weeks but, but not much longer in a new job. I've tried to listen to Joe Rogan but it's boring as shit, especially the beginning where they run ads for the first several yeah. minutes. It lost me. They, they don't have me as a listener because they didn't earn me with um, value. It's it's full of fluff and dribble. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I I like some of his guests, so I've got a I got it down to a science. I basically fast forward to about the thirteen or fourteen minute mark because that's it's pretty much about that's what it is now. So yeah, so I'm not <laughs> listening to fifteen minutes of advertisements. I think that's insulting to the yeah, listener. So uh, yeah, he's. I guess everyone's got a formula that works, right? Because he's got his millions of listeners as well too. So he has a lot of downloads, and all I can say is that. Um, the the US market in particular has a has a has a pretty a pretty pretty low threshold tolerance. You know, there's what three hundred million people. So there's bound to be a whole bunch of people who just accept just about anything. And I think I mean he, he he's got an interesting combination of like having been on Fear Factor Sports. Yeah, he's comic, he's MMA. I mean he even plays he he was semi professional. I think the comic part's really important and somewhere where I've been focusing a lot more on because uh, a lot of the comics that I know have come from adverse backgrounds and they use comedy as a way to alleviate difficult circumstances. And I think that's a really great way to teach people and it's a great way to engage people because in general, people want to be saved from boredom and they want to be educated but entertained. And I think weaving in comedy is uh, definitely one of the recipes for his success. For sure. Is that your? Uh, is that something you're working on for yourself with uh, the, the Kicking Back podcast? Yeah, I'm really enjoying exploring um, new comedians. We've had a few guests on the show lately. Uh, I think we've had three in a row. Each one, I'm just digging in and asking questions and trying my best to understand. Um, you know, some of the techniques they're using, how they be- became like that, um, what came first. Like the last one we had was a magician and a comedian. Uh, he did magic first. His magic sucked <laughs> so badly that uh, every every single trick went wrong, but he got a laugh from it and he realized that he could basically do comedy and just basically mess up all the, the magic yeah. tricks and that was funny. And so, you know, he, that was how he got his particular style. So I'm definitely learning the techniques from these guys. It doesn't automatically make yeah. you funny, but as you develop... Uh, the people around you will actually notice that you are starting to pick up some of the techniques. So my own crowd thinks that I'm funnier this year than I was last year. In isolation, I'm not funny at all. But when I get on to a co-hosted situation with someone like Joel in Kicking Back or even Ezra, yeah. uh, who's just out there and wacky, they bring out a different side to me than than the business side. So it's been a fun personal exploration. And I think it's good to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and let other people see you grow. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely what you're doing. And, and you, you, it's like you started it with um, the Superfest uh, business podcast. There was that one episode where someone made a comment about your shirt. And you were like, well, should I be cha- should I be wearing a different shirt? And, am I too casual? And, and then you just actually made it into a post, which I thought was hilarious because... <laughs> Yeah, and I put a bit of uh, humor in it. I had the picture of me with a nice shirt and um, shaved. Then I had a, a T-shirt and um, unshaved. And then I had a little clip in the middle where I was wearing no shirt and uh, just for attention. And and then I panned down to my bare feet. You know, it's was really – I was actually kind of taking the piss at the person commenting yeah. for, for daring to um, – call me on how I choose to dress on my own show but I did learn something from it and I learned that people who don't know me will judge me by my appearance yeah. and they'll wait till I if, if I can hold them long enough and, and I speak then they think oh okay what he's talking about makes sense and the people who know me for a long time don't care what I wear because they really enjoy the information so your fans will forgive you for most things strangers will make very quick snap judgments And uh, what I learned from that is that I put a little more attention into my appearance. I didn't know we were doing a video today, but I still shave today. (laughs) I shave every now and then just because I know that I'm going to make videos most days. And I think that that has made a small difference to my female audience and my first-timer audience. Yeah, I think it's – well, I guess like you said, it's things that you just think of as you go along. Um, But you only do that because you're you're looking – for opportunities to uh, either tell a message to your audience or say, hey, this happened and this person made this comment, let's have an open discussion about it. Um, and, and you look for opportunities like to do that. Like you, you went to the uh, the conference for Entreport, Entrepalooza, and you took the opportunity to uh, of a road trip back with someone to turn that into an episode. So it's like you and the guy in the car talking. <laughs> Yeah, complete stranger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this, I mean, you literally are like looking, you're, you're leaving no stone unturned when you're trying to figure out, could this, I mean, be an episode? Uh, I think you had one, one of them was like, do you get ideas in the shower? And, and I think you, one of them, you were actually in a bathroom stall. I think one of the, one of the, <laughs> I've, I've, basically I will utilize, I think that's the technique and I'll, I'll take, um, Wherever I am is my recording studio and with minimal equipment, like literally with just an iPhone and a Rode Smart Lav microphone, you can be recording a podcast anywhere. Uh, I've, I've done it eating yogurt down at the, at the beach. I've um, done a podcast with Joel in the coffee shop uh, just spontaneously. Like the best device you have is the one that's in your yeah. pocket right now and with a, an app like Orphonic, you can um, get a reasonable enough quality. Yeah. And as I said, your best listeners will forgive you for, for bad quality if there's something useful about it. Like if you're at a noisy event doing a cutaway of like behind the scenes like Ezra did at my event, then you will um, you'll forgive the background noise. So the most important thing is I think um, flowing with it naturally and just taking advantage of all the wondrous opportunities around you instead of having to contrive everything in a sound s- studio and be like a um, commercial production with all the crap that goes along with it. You can really be organic. And I've made, I've had my kids, like nine year old kid holding a camera, <laughs> like 
trying to stay in the shot because you can't hold it for more than a minute, shaking it around in Italy. Uh, they were, I gave them my, my iPhone in the Ferrari Museum and they were capturing some video of me talking about branding. Yeah. And then we cut to some video of me driving the Ferrari with uh, the onboard camera. You can take uh, you know, all these different videos and splice them together and that was one of the most popular videos that I ever made. But I was there in the moment and you know, when I have a thought, oh, you know, Ferrari is such a strong brand, you know, I should talk about that. And then I think, you know what, I will. I'll just turn on the camera and talk about that. And that's how you can come up with frequency of content. One of the things that I have learned is that Superfast Business has five times more listeners than any of my other podcasts. Even though the episodes are short, frequency is very important. So you think it's, yeah, as opposed to just thinking about when am I going to make a perfect episode um, that's well recorded, well lit, with the right script and the right questions, you think it, you're getting more value out of just putting real life situations and turning them into um, content that you can use. I think people, people love yeah. that. They want reality. That's why they like reality TV shows. They want awkward. <laughs> they want um, spur of the moment. They want natural and they don't want to be manipulated and, and contorted and uh, contrived to. Yeah, people get a sense for when you're, um, they're, you're trying to manipulate them and you're trying not to try to, to make it seem like you're manipulating them. Cause that, that <laughs> That's like a marketing hipster. Because <laughs> that seems even creepier because you're like, you get the sense like, I know what you're doing and I know you're trying to come across like you're not doing it and that's even almost worse because it's like some of these some of these people are so saccharine sweet that it it screams contrived to me but they'll swear on on their mother's grave that it's just their honest sweet hometown self but to me it just seems like a a a fakeness Uh, but but i i guess we may never know but I tend to avoid anything smarmy or hypey. It's just, just such a turnoff, especially in other cultures. If you go to the UK or Australia, we don't like that stuff. <laughs> we don't like it. We reject it. But in, in other markets, the North American market, you can get away with a lot of cheese and cheese seems to sell. So I guess there's some personal preferences and cultural differences. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know about LA, but I'll find that we're, we're actually moving there in a couple of weeks. So. I'll, I'll know then, but as a New Yorker, I mean, I, I feel like my bullshit meter is pretty, uh, pretty well tuned. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine. Uh, you even had a, uh, one of your friends do some yoga, I think, on one of the episodes, right? Oh, I've got my uh, my brother-in-law's done yoga. We did stand-up desk yoga, and um, it, it was really popular. I was surprised. Yoga is such a huge topic. Yeah. And we did yoga at our business retreat for the Think Act Get podcast, because Ezra Firestone's wife, Carrie, uh, was a yoga instructor. And that was good. That's really the first time I did yoga. It's the first time I did surfing as well. And I've brought through the surfing into my life since then. So being open to new experiences and uh, being prepared to learn something from scratch is a very important metaphor for your approach to life is don't feel as though you know everything. Uh, and and be open to ideas from people who are who are far wiser or more experienced than you are. So how long have you been surfing now? Because it seems like uh, I've heard you mention it a lot recently. 
Yeah, so at the time of recording, I've been surfing for about three months uh, and two weeks. But you've really <laughs> taken to it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I go like twice a day. So I've literally been 150 times. Uh, sometimes I go three times a day. And I, I'm getting quite good now for someone who's only been surfing for three months. I've probably got a couple of years worth of uh, surfing experience for someone who'd go to the beach every weekend or on holiday seasons and stuff. I'm really just getting stuck into it. Are you saying that the, uh, I heard you say that the, um, the instru- even the instructors are recognizing you on the beach, right? <laughs> I just saw him in the street like just then. <laughs> And he goes, hey, I didn't see you today. And I said, I saw you. You were in a gray wetsuit. And he goes, how do you know? I said, I was on the other side of the pipeline. And uh, he, he now wants my job. Whatever my yeah. job is, he wants it. He says, I'm in the surf more than him. And I said back to him, well, at least you get paid. And um, at the surf shop where I buy my boards, they think I'm as excited as like a 12-year-old kid. And it's true. I've got that. Uh, that sort of phase where I dream about it, I'm addicted to it, I love it, I'm focused on it, I'm looking at the weather map, I'm <laughs> predicting the, the peak time of the day, um, I'm right into it, but it reminds me of, of what I went through in everything in the business, in podcasting, in marketing, in selling decades ago. I was enthusiastic, I read every book on it, I implemented all the steps in the books. I just took it to a level where most people don't take yeah. it because I get obsessed by it and when you're obsessed about something you want to know it back to front and i suggest that people surround themselves in areas that they really want to be obsessed by and and just be ready to consume everything you possibly can and get so involved with it that it's your world for that moment and and i think that is going to help you get a great result yeah i mean and when people talk about uh fear of failure and, and falling flat on their face. I mean, you're literally going through that with the surfing. <laughs> oh, I get smashed up. I've been fin chopped. I've been bruised, smacked in the jaw, uh, held underwater. I've hit, hit the sand. I've um, chipped my board. Um, sometimes it's, it's difficult. Oh, I've broken my ribs. <laughs> I went out there with broken ribs for the, for the first two months every day. Uh, because I just wanted to push through that. And the goal for me was to go out every day and build a habit. Yeah. And once I've got the habit, then it's, okay, I want to focus on the right board selection and then start refining my technique and so on and so forth. So, you, you know, like you can, you can scale up quickly. And my instructor who I saw today said that, uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm going really well for such a short time and there's a few things that I can work on now where I'm looking and how I'm standing and stuff So and wave selection. So I'm, I'm really, um, you know, progressing the same way that you do with anything new and I think it's great at my age to start something brand new <laughs> uh, is reminding me of, of what my customers are going through. So I think I can relate better to their struggles where they're at and I can be a better instructor for them. Yeah, I mean like everything you described with uh, what you went through and even in the short period of time that you just picked it up is, is almost like a perfect par- parallel you know, analogy to the struggles you go through, the falling on your face, the the making it through, and you in the times when you feel like you probably shouldn't be, uh, you know, working on yeah. your on your business. Like, 
like in the online sense, the, you know, everyone's had a website crash. They've sent an email by mistake without a subject line. They've had a webinar that flopped. Um, they put up an offer with the cart not linked properly. They sent the wrong email to the wrong list. Like all of these things happen or they register a domain like they can't believe it's available. They register it and then find out it's spelt incorrectly. Like we've all done the same mistakes. It's just a matter of finding them quickly or eliminating them altogether by going, going with a coach or someone who's more experienced or being part of a community where they bring you through faster and it's really important. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to try something new and to remind yourself um, – and celebrate how far you've come in the areas that where you are accomplished, whether that's cooking or grooming or whatever. So, um, it, you know, on the topic of continuing to try things that are new, um, you do you feel like you're at a point now where each of the three, well, the main three podcasts, super fast, super fast business, think, act, get, and kicking back, you feel like each of them are kind of scratching a specific itch for you. Yeah, and also um, Freedom Ocean, and there's a new one coming as well. Yeah, they're all different. Um, partly, uh, I mean, Freedom Ocean was the first, and it was awesome, but my co-host is hard to get a hold of. He's still unleveraged, and uh, you know he's carrying the premise that we started right to the end where uh, he's got lots of questions. Um, the, you know, I started the next one, Think at Get, because I needed – I needed uh, to have more regular podcasts, so I needed a co-host who could be more available. And I got that for the first year, and that started to wind down a bit, but it's it's going back on again now. Um, the kicking back really started because I enjoyed spending time with the comedians so much that I thought we should probably just record these calls because he's very funny when I talk, and I thought at, at the very minimum, he could just carry me on that yeah. one. And... Then the latest one that I started is is um, really I found an equal in the marketing side of things who's very popular with my community and um, I think it, it would be serving my business well to to team up with Taki Moore. So we've got um, a new podcast underway and I like the process of podcasting. It's, you know, if you break it all down, even if I had five podcasts, for me that's less than four hours a week of actual time on the microphone and uh, maybe eight hours a week if I want to do a couple of weeks worth and I don't have to edit them I don't have to publish them it just that's all automated now with the team yeah and I think that's important and especially for the listeners because um, people that are are starting podcasts are thinking about getting to podcasts especially if they go through some of these programs that are out there now and they talk about the million steps you need to launch what you've done is 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 pretty interesting in the fact that you're 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 taking yourself out of that whole production process as much as possible and you're literally saying my time for creating a podcast is the time that i'm actually behind a microphone talking and yeah that's all i should be doing my highest use i'm doing the part that i don't think anyone else can do and no one else can be me so i have to do that bit Everything else, though, someone else can do as well or better than I can. Someone else can edit better than I can and, and um, publish it to the website better than I can. Also, uh, in terms of a step-by-step podcasting process, I really put a lot of effort into a, a podcast post that I put on Noah Kagan's OK Dork blog 
and there's really literally how to set up a podcast from start to finish, every single thing in a checklist, even with links to every product you need. That is all you need. You don't really need any any anything else than that to get started with podcasting if you're starting from scratch. I think it it's important um, because it, it's it's basically the the, the crux or of how you build your businesses. You know, you you try to get. It's almost like you try to get out of the way as quick as possible, right? You, you, yes, you have to make yourself redundant. So why is why is that important, James? Well, because time equals life. So you can either spend your time doing things that you don't have to do or you can not spend your time doing things you don't have to do. It's like optional. And if you only want to do things that make you happy, that are fun to do, that have a high reward, that's your choice. So that's that. I choose to do that. My life now is substantially better than 10 years ago. And I would like to hope that in 10 years from now, my life is substantially better than it is now. If that's possible, then I'd, I think it will be fantastic because I love my life now and I think it, it's you know a work in progress. I think there's some kind of creative art to refining my life, uh, tuning my lifestyle and my business and um, enhancing my happiness. Like Joseph Campbell says, follow your bliss. I'm really into... Uh, building a life that makes me happy and I believe that it's possible and I think that I'm seeing a lot of students doing that now in my own communities. So it's very exciting to see people transforming. I've got case study after case study of people who are grinding it out, working their butt off, getting um, results but not in a way that that um, they want and then they start to reduce the amount of compromise in their life. They They travel a little less, they earn a little more, they um, deal with better customers, they work less hours, they spend more time with family or on passion projects and, then, and you know, life is sort of on a um, tune-up, if you like, and just refining and refining. I think it's a fun process to work on. You had uh, one conversation with, um, I forgot his name, but you talked about refining the 80-20 principle even, even further down. Perry, Perry Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, so he put a book on that topic. And it's like the 80-20 something or other for marketing. Sorry, Perry. Uh, but it really opened my eyes to the fractal nature of 80-20. Yeah. And I sort of extrapolated it out. And I realized that 4% of the things that I do get me 64% of my results. So I, I did wonder what are those 4%. And that's like podcasting really came up to being one of those things. It gets me all my customers, gets me great customers. It's... Um, fun to do it's easy and it doesn't take a lot of time so i will do that um, which of the bits i would want to eliminate i want to eliminate editing the podcast i want to eliminate building a website um, writing articles heaven forbid <laughs> you know people do the most amazing stuff and uh, and it's just not common knowledge like i was down at the surf shop yesterday and I had a little scratch i wanted to have repaired on my board and he was trying to sell me a kit to do it where I'd have to sand it back, put some resin in, stick it with glad wrap and seal the, the thing. And I just said, listen, could you just do that for me? And he looked, he goes, well, it's not really worth sending off to the ding repairer. Like the kit's 20 bucks. I said, yeah, but then I'd have to do it. And I, you know, he goes, well, it's not hard. I said, I know, I'm not saying it's easy or hard. I'm just saying I don't really want to do that. I would rather enjoy my coffee or go surfing 
or do a podcast than to start sandpapering and resining and and um, glad wrapping, right? So I, I don't think maybe you don't have glad cling wrap. No, we do. Yeah, we do have glad. So, yeah. so basically, um, it's just it's just a hard concept for him to understand why I wouldn't want to do it myself. But but there's so many things that your average person is doing that they shouldn't do, and the the start is to write everything down that you do. And then put a line through all the stuff you don't want to do anymore. Yeah, I think that's great. We, we've got a, I don't know if you've got a service there called Fancy Hands. They started something here. It's an online service and it's a concierge service. And, and I've been using them. I love them so much. I signed up for the annual membership. And anything that I, that involves sitting on a phone call or where I have to like dial someone more than once, I literally now just, it's, there's an iPhone app for that too, as well. And I, I send them everything. I mean, Anything that involves the slightest bit of research, I mean, you, you just put an hourly rate on your time, and if someone can do it faster and cheaper for you, what's great is that they have a, a running total of how many, how much time they've spent on the phone, <laughs> and it's already in the the hours are like approaching the thousands of hours. So, I don't know. That, that's the time I, I I I feel like I definitely saved. So, on a small scale, nice. Yeah, that's why I think it's good to build a team when you can. And um, I have a virtual assistant who's able to manage projects for me. And then there's process managers who she's able to give the projects to who actually get things done. Yeah. They're two separate roles. So um, just to kind of wrap things uh, up, what what would you say to people uh, in terms uh, from a realistic standpoint who's, who are saying, okay, that sounds nice and um, I'm glad that James has enough time to go surfing <laughs> a couple times a day, and, um, and but you, this wasn't overnight. I mean, you, you had to put in the time yourself, and, and like you said, you had to fall down a lot. So, I think put 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 it into context in terms of what you know. People got to do the hard work to get there, right? Well, I think if they join my community, then they're going to get a long way down the track without having to go through the learning curve that I went through, because a lot of the materials I've created are to address that. I like to educate and to share ideas and as you know, I'm, I turn up pretty much every day answering questions. I don't think you'd, you have to take the hard path unless you really feel rugged. I think there's easier paths to take. Uh, the main thing is, look, decide if you want it or not. Maybe you don't want it. That's fine. Schlep it out at your job for the next 20 years and if you're lucky, when you're 67 or whatever, you could retire. Maybe, maybe afford a coffee. Maybe not. Um, have a happy life, or just decide to flip the lid on convention and do things in a different way than everyone else. And if if you want to take that path, it's probably not the easiest path up front, uh, but I think it's very rewarding, and you will learn a lot about yourself as you confront challenges. It just comes down to accepting responsibility for your destiny. It's up to you, nobody else. Don't blame the government or the the right wing or the left wing or the country or the tax or whatever. That's all, they're all bullshit throwaway excuses that people want to buy into because it's just that much easier than having to realize that the person staring back at you in the mirror is the person who can change your life more than anyone else. When you become aware of that, um, if you want to change, if you, if you want to start experiencing things in a different way, then just make the steps towards it. Like work out what you want, work out the steps that are required to get there, 
um, get help where it's appropriate, like I do with my friends who who surf better than I do. Um, I go with them. They show me which waves to catch and how to put the leg rope on and how to paddle and stuff. You know, get some help. Join a community of people who are on the right track as well. And um, basically put your hand up and grab it. If you want it, get it. If you don't, that's that's fine. I mean, it's totally up to you. It's your choice. That's not for everyone, right? No, probably not. I mean, we still need um, street sweepers and food vendors and accountants and lawyers and doctors. I mean, society wouldn't be good if we were all doing what I do. Uh, so think about what you want and take your position and and um, don't blame anyone but yourself. That's really the, the keys. It's about responsibility for your um, destiny and sometimes you'll have to put in the hard yards for sure and if it's worth it to you you'll get through and if it's not you'll give up i think that's uh, invaluable advice especially surrounding yourself with people who are at a level that where you want to be maybe you know maybe slightly ahead of you uh, so you have a goal to reach to but i think you constantly have to be around those type of people um, to see what's missing in your game um, and to improve yourself Definitely seeing uh, seeing people do better than you should be encouraging. You shouldn't feel jealous. You should feel excited that someone's doing it and make a commitment to yourself to pull yourself forward into that spot. And that's exactly how I leveraged out of a job is seeing people being wildly successful. Instead of saying, oh, I'm jealous and this sucks, um, I'm like, wow, fantastic. Someone's doing that. I, you know, why not me? And uh, and turns out it was possible. Well, I think that's awesome advice, um, and I think uh, you've shown that it can, that that it can be done if if you focus your um, your time on on the the things that provide you the the, the biggest bang for your buck. Um, so I think uh, I'll definitely be providing links to all all the the um, the, the super fast business site um is that is that the best place for people to to get in contact with you yeah i think that's a great starting point because you know they'll see the podcasts and the videos that i put up there um at least see what i'm doing yeah so i'll I'll put show i'll put them in the show notes all all the podcasts and um has the new one started yet with taki the the domain has been selected (laughs) the um the schedule for the first recordings is booked and the website design brief is being completed and the standard operating procedure for the show has been drafted. So it's absolute infancy. It's going to be called salesmarketingprofit.com. Okay. That's, that must, SMP, yeah. we're going to abbreviate it. Too. I don't know where I'm going to find room for one more yeah, one more podcast on my... Uh, <laughs> well, you just have to treat it like a bookshelf. Yeah, to true. put one on, you've got to take one off. So... Pick the shittiest one that you don't like anymore and unsubscribe yeah, to it. I've been finding myself. I don't listen to anyone else's podcast, so it's easy. Yeah, I've been finding uh, myself doing that more uh, because you only have a limited number of hours in the day. So you you literally stare at it and you're like, "Do I? Am I really going to listen to that?" Well, latest research shows it's about twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for uh, coming on, James. I, I really had a fun with this conversation uh, and i think uh, people are going to get a lot out of it <laughs> thanks harry and, uh, and hopefully they understand that i'm partially tongue-in-cheek with some of my comments to draw a reaction and, and if they didn't they do now <laughs> yeah exactly all right th- thanks a lot james see you harry
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I warned you. I warned you, right? He was uh, provocative. That's the word. That's the word I was looking for at the beginning of the show. He's definitely um, ha- has an opinion. Uh, let's just put it that way. And um, I think um, I-, I-, I liked a lot of the things he was talking about. And he, he I think, cleared up um, his approach at the end and say, Hey, look, you might not agree with my method or my um, delivery. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can argue with his message. And if you do disagree, then by all means, leave us a comment. Um, show notes at podcastjunkies.com slash eight. And uh, if you're checking out the show, if you're, if you're liking it, then obviously a little bit of review love at, um, at uh, iTunes would be awesome. Five stars, of course. <laughs> Unless you're feeling differently, then that's cool too. It's the review that counts. So these things help out the show. Um, I don't really push it a lot, but given that we're still in what podcasters like to refer to as the honeymoon phase of new podcasts, aka new and noteworthy, um, any traffic bumps and review bumps and just all around love that we get during this period really helps out the show and helps us uh, sustain it for the long run. In that same vein, if you are liking the show, then you want to check it out. I've got a free ebook. It's eight tools to skyrocket your podcast launch and production. Podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools, or just visit the website and you'll see the link on the right hand side. In the same vein of the uh, iTunes new and noteworthy, uh, what you'll notice is that I'm going to be releasing two episodes uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, during that eight-week window, it's best that we get as much traffic and audience as we can. Um, Apple tends to look favor- favorably upon that stuff. And it's just stuff that I'm learning as we go and trying and seeing what's worked for others. And based on some feedback I'm getting from folks that uh, I follow and have been uh, chatting with online. So... Give it a shot and uh, let me know what you think and uh, keep an eye out for those as well. This week's track is from John Hopkins. He's out of London and he's a producer and musician. He writes and performs his own melodic electronica dance uh, vibe. And uh, this track is called We Disappear. He was nominated for the 2013 Mercury Prize and... um, you can tell after listening to this track how much of a talented musician he is hope you enjoy it and catch you soon (laughs) 